0: Talk with Pat Caputo and the radio voice of the Detroit Tigers, Dan Dickerson. This one is gone on Tigers Radio,
1: 97 The ticket 2-4-8-5-3-9-97-97 is the phone number. Double D, Dan Dickerson's here. Hey, hey
2: Pat. I was going to turn on the microphone first. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> give me some hey.
1: broadcast tips. There's one for you.
2: This is, a, this is Pat, my favorite week right around the, this time because it's the dead of winter. It's that lull right around before the Super Bowl and all the baseball preview magazines <laughs> start coming out. Pat pulls his out of his bag. I pull the same three out. And uh, this is when you know we're getting close to pitchers and catchers reporting. Yeah, you know, and uh, <laughs> the,
1: the the thing is uh, the magazines came out and they've been published and it's kind of the uh, points to the detriment of printing issues now i still get those magazines i get the football preview magazines all that stuff uh every year it's the one printing that i'm really into but you know it's after the justin upton signing by the tigers so you know the prediction uh at least the ones i've seen has the Tigers maybe finishing second or third in their division but not making the postseason Uh, maybe those predictions have changed now that they've uh they've got upton they've got their other Offseason. It's been a very busy offseason for the Tigers, and I think they've emerged as legitimate World Series contenders. I don't see a dominant team in the American League. Do you? No.
2: No. I mean, Kansas City's a team to beat, and rightfully so. They won 95 last year in the World Series, but, um, I mean, they did it with a rotation that ranked 12th in the American League and is not appreciably stronger, I wouldn't say, uh, with the addition of Ian Kennedy and the loss of Johnny Cueto, even though Cueto didn't do a whole lot for them. Uh, And, I mean, No reason they can't keep using that same formula. But I do like to start with rotations when I'm thinking who's the best team in the American League or National League. And uh, they do not have one of the better rotations in the American League. The upside is, I would say, more modest compared to the Tigers rotation, which is not being graded out well. I think 21 out of 30 was their ranking. And one of the, you know, they ranked all top, all 30 rotations. The Tigers ranked 21st this week. But at least I think the upside is there because of Sanchez, Verlander, Norris. The upside is there for the Tigers' rotation to be a top 10 rotation. Well, they've, they've that's got... where I always start. Start with the rotations, and there really isn't that one dominant one that you would say, oh man, that, that puts that team ahead of everybody else in the American League or National
1: League. Well, you know, somebody like the, the White Sox have seal. Uh, and they've got Rondon, and they've got you know a couple parts there at the end of their sale. Quintana
2: Rodon is a heck of a, th- a threesome, right? And two of them are
1: lefties, you know. So uh, that gives you you know something to start it out. Uh, you know, that could be outstanding, but you know I look at uh, the Tigers and I look at those magazines. The one magazine I think in our town, uh, we see uh, Justin Verlander having this great bounce back here in Detroit. And uh, he's gonna be Justin Verlander again. Well, yeah, One magazine, I think it was Lindy's, had him 11 and 10 with a high, fairly high ERA. We look at Zimmerman in this town. We say, hey, you know, Jordan Zimmerman. He's been a really good pitcher for a long time. Ah, they got him 13 and 13 with, right. uh, you know. Uh, so we look at it uh, across the board and see Verlander coming back and being like, you know, with a real good WHIP, uh, like 1.2 or lower. We see uh, Zimmerman in that category. We see Anibal Sanchez coming back.
2: There is no question; to me he holds they the key. They don't look at it. That ho- way. Right, right, because they're always tr- projections are always based on here's your last three years, here's your career, here's your health history, and if you your had age. a really good year, you're going to come back to what your norm is. Yeah, and so, that's why projections rarely can pick that guy who's about to have the forty homer, one forty season or the team is going to win 98 games. Look at most projections. I mean, most projections have teams. Last year, I don't believe the projections from FanGraphs had anybody over 90 wins. There's always going to be somebody, but it's hard for computers to figure that out.
1: Well, you get your uh, baseball perspective. And that's and,
2: why I, I think, Pat, I mean, not to interrupt, but we're going to, we're going to try to predict, you and I, Tigers win totals, the last show before I head south. And I'm going to take you with me this year. You can just come with me. We're going to go. <laughs> uh, and it's a useful exercise because it brings to what you're saying right now, it brings up that point. Right. It's, it's hard to project. So, as you project win totals, you have to figure out what, what are the individual pieces that make up this team that could get to 90, 92 wins. Is that actually possible? With some teams, it's not. With the Tigers, I mean, it absolutely is. Now, will that be my final number? I have no idea. But. It's it's a very useful exercise for fans. Try to figure out what is the value of each one. Will Justin Verlander be a four or five WAR pitcher this year, or as many are projecting, two and a half to three WAR pitcher? And that's a huge difference. And those are the kinds of things that hinge on two wins. whether you're going to be a, a 90 or 93 win team.
1: Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. Not overly flattering about the bounce back when you look at these preseason magazines and projections uh how do you feel about a 2485399797 uh you can use ticket text It's at 97136 uh we'd love to hear from you uh tonight it's tiger talk pack and put along with the radio play-by-play voice of the tigers dan dickerson um one of the things we were talking about i think one of the perceptions is about the tigers and their window closing and all that and <laughs>
2: The national narrative has not changed. (laughs) No, it just continues.
1: But uh, the one thing about the Tigers is that uh, they actually have some younger players who are going to play key roles for them uh, in 2016. No question. Uh, One of them, James McCann, the catcher, uh, will join us. That will be coming up at 745 tonight. Um, But you also have Jose Ecclesius, fairly young, shortstop. Uh, You have Anthony Ghost who's going to be at least minimum splitting time, I think in center field with uh, Cameron Maben, uh, You also have Nick Castellanos, who I think to a lot of Tiger fans, seems like a veteran player, but he hasn't had his 24th birthday nope. yet. Um, you've got a, a lot of youth. Daniel Norris, who was acquired in a trade. Not uh, even 23. Yes, who turned 23, I believe, in April. In April, correct? yeah. So you're talking about that's a fifth of your team. Those guys will be on the team. And barring injury or anything, I think you're going to see them on the Tigers' opening day roster. Now, of those five players,
2: Iglesias, Castellanos, McCann, Ghost, and Norris. Norris.
1: Who are going to be all-star players?
2: Iglesias has been. Yes. We'll, who else can be an all-star? And who has the highest upside? I'd love to hear what fans think because it, it really is potentially, potentially a very good young core, the likes of which the Tigers haven't seen in some time. They have to do it. I think McCann is certainly on the fast track to being a very good player. But Castellanos, you and I were talking about. Castellanos has monster power and an approach that works. His dad was a lefty. He says his dad is still the guy who knows his swing best. And because his dad was a lefty, throwing BP to him all the time, he drove the ball to right center field. That's how he learned to hit. That approach, using the big part of the field, going the opposite way with power, that's the best approach. That's the Miguel Cabrera approach. I'm not saying he's on that level, but I think his approach and the thump that's in his bat continues to intrigue. Are there ups and downs? Yes, but as Pat said, he's not even 24 years old yet. Castellanos intrigues. Wally Joyner said Anthony Gose has as much talent as any young player he's worked with. He said he just has to believe that he can be that good. We've only seen it in flashes.
0: Well, but, on one point but it really was...
2: stuck with me when Wally Joyner. Wally Joyner doesn't right. oversell his guys. He doesn't go uh, very you know flowery rhetoric on his guys. Very often. He loves Anthony Gose and his talent. And he's just, I think he's dying to see whether he can get it out of him.
1: 2485399797. What do you think? Those five players, McCann, Ghost, Iglesias, Norris, and Castellanos. Uh, they're kind of the five, young guns.
2: Who can be uh, an all star? Who's got the highest upside?
1: Yeah, who's got the highest upside? You know, you're right. Iglesias has played in the all star game last year. Um, also, uh, 720. Uh, is there a day approaching sooner instead of later? And should there be a day? Sooner instead of later, when there's no longer a home plate umpire calling balls and strikes, Dan and I will weigh in on that at 7:20. What do you think? James McCann will join us at 7:45. Also, you know the preseason magazines—they're not projecting the Tigers to really be that good. Uh, so that's, how, good. How that's do, good. How do you, you be feel under the radar. about it? Uh, yeah, they're a little <laughs> under the radar. They're—you know—everybody's going, "Hey, they spend all this money. Are they really World Series contenders?" Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And how do you rate? those five players that we talked about, who's got the biggest upside. That's your opportunity to talk baseball. We do it every week. Um, we'd love to hear from you, 248 539 You can also use Ticket Text. That's at 97136. He's Dan Dickerson. on Pack Caputo. I will tell you what we think about those five players coming up next as well. You're listening to Tiger Talk on one The Ticket.
0: Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson on Tigers Radio 97 1, the ticket. The 3
2: 2, swing a line drive over the glove of a leaping Santana, that's going to get up the gap in left center field all the way to the wall. Fielded by Hicks, goes around second, heading to third, and there will be no throw. Anthony goes through the line drive about a foot. Over the glove of the shortstop, Santana, and it reaches the wall between two speedy outfielders.
1: Double D with a great call there. 248 539 is the phone number. It's Tiger Talk on 97 won the ticket. It's the middle of winter. Um, I often hear this. Um, hey, you know, you guys don't talk enough about baseball. Hey, how many emails did you get? I got tons of them. Hey, when's Tiger Talk starting everything? Well, you know, we're here. <laughs> and uh, we'd love to talk to you, 248 539 You know, all the different things that are going on in the offseason. Everybody talks about what a great baseball time this is. Well, let's talk about it. We'd love to hear from you at 248 539 is the phone number. We threw a number of things out there. Preseason magazines, they're not as giddy. on Verlander's comeback, even Cabrera, they got him. having an okay year where he has like 105 RBIs, 35 home runs. The projections aren't that big for him. Um, the situation with Zimmerman, they're kind of lukewarm about him. Figures he's going to have an ERA in the high threes, and you know, be about a five hundred pitcher with not such a great WHIP. Uh, they're not as giddy about the Tigers as we are here in this town, evidently. Because man, at Tiger Fest, people were going crazy. So, how do you feel about a two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven? And also, uh, you look at these five players: Castellanos, Norris, Ghosts. McCann, and uh, who's the one that I'm missing? Uh, Iglesias.
2: Mm-hmm. Those five guys. All 26 or younger. Yeah,
1: they're younger Free players. Pre-prime. Yes. So, Who's going to be the stars of those guys? Who's going to be the top guy? And this is what I think. I think it'll be Norris. I think uh, Cassiano's going to have some good seasons offensively, but he's very defensively challenged. So I think that's going to hold him back from being a genuine uh, Josh Donaldson type. Of Give star. him the
2: upside. If he can hold down third base however good he is defensively exactly give me give me his upside for home runs uh, I, would say,
1: I would say he could hit 30 bombs and i think he can drive in 100 runs i agree runs.
2: i think i think he this year i mean he's going to he approached 20 last year and then right. he faded the power faded in september but he he's to me a 20 to 25 home run guy
1: i don't see him going 30 uh 300 uh no. 100 or having an ops uh, no he's got to be more disciplined or something like that i don't see that In one season. I see bits and pieces of that happening, Um, some power years, some average years. And
2: reminding ourselves that he's not yet 24 years old.
1: Right. I like him as a hitter. I like the fact he hits the ball to the right side on fastballs, and he pulls breaking balls. He's always done that. I think it's a solid approach. I think he's a solid hitter. But I think his glove sometimes is going to pull him out of games late because his glove is somewhat limited. I mean, he is limited. I don't think you can make yourself a star fielder either. You know, by just hard work, I think he works his ass off. That's not right. His. Can he get to
2: average? That's what they're hoping. Yeah, and Can he get the, to close to average. That's true.
1: Uh, he was improved last year, but from a very low
2: level. Um, but Daniel Norris, get back to him because truly, would you say that,
1: Cassianos or Norris?
2: Of this five, I would say you Norris. Pick
1: one. Oh, I'll take Norris too.
2: I would agree with you because I think uh, we we saw. You know, it was funny because he didn't really know what Toronto wanted him to be in terms of what kind of pitcher they wanted him. He had mixed signals from Toronto when he got sent to the minor leagues last year. We didn't really see that electric mid-'90s fastball right after the trade, even though he pitched well in some starts. Then he had the oblique. When he came back, or really it was the start where he had the oblique in Chicago, and then when he came back, we saw that mid-'90s stuff, and it was really good. And he's a terrific athlete, as we saw with that home run in Chicago. I mean, this guy excites you because he's got four pitches, and a mid 90s fastball and dedication to the game and a very mature I think he's young, athletic, young man lefty. who's not yet 23. Uh, this is a, as bright a pitching prospect as we've seen uh, in quite a while, I would say.
1: I'd like the fact that he, I think he, the, one of his magazines said he didn't throw a good changeup. It. I, I don't agree with that. I've seen a good changeup. I see an athletic lefty uh, who's got a pretty good arm, and last year he was just missing. Uh, and the umpires weren't missing the calls. They were, they were outside no. the box, but um, he was just missing. I think those pitches are going to be strikes as he improves his mechanics, and I see that happening. So I'll say Norris. I'll say two Castellanos. I'll say three McCann. McCann's a good player already, but I don't see his upside as necessarily being that much above where he's uh, been right now, and he's older. He's 26 years old. Then I'll say four. I'll go with Ghosts. And then five, I'll have Iglesias, the one guy who's actually been to the All-Star game. How crazy am I? I'm not as high on Jose Iglesias as a lot of Tiger fans are.
2: Yeah, I would have uh, I would have McCann at two, Castellanos three. Talk about upside right. for this group. Upside, yes. Goes, I uh, still have high hopes for, but until he shows it, probably at four. And I agree that I put Iglesias at X <laughs> because I just, I, I'm not quite sure about Jose Iglesias for I think some of the reasons you do. We we saw some immaturity last year. We saw the little blow up with McCann, um, and that was an outgrowth of I think the guys were tired of him in terms of some of his effort at ground balls last year. He's made some plays I've never seen shortstops make. The upside is clearly there. Why is his defensive? So this year to me, right. Because not. of exactly what I think the Tigers got frustrated with, just he wasn't he wasn't diving for balls, he wasn't going after some balls like they thought he should. Plus, that's he why this is big. a very big year for Jose Iglesias, a talent off the charts. He, is he going to fulfill it? What, that's what, what I don't do you know. think of him
1: as a hitter? Because I, I see a guy with a big swing and not much pop, and I see a guy who's fast but doesn't do much good base running. The he out base
2: out well below average on the base paths, and that should not be with his speed. And he was healthy last year and he was running well, but he did not run well on the base paths and. To me, for a young a young guy with speed, that's that's inexcusable. And it's gonna be an interesting year. I mean, this, this young man's got a ton of talent. Will we see it? I don't know.
1: Yeah, we saw it the first half of last year, too. i agree.
2: Two four eight five three
1: nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. Mike, you're on Tiger Talk Ninety seven one the ticket.
2: What's up, Mike?
3: Hey guys, how you doing? Good. good, Mike. How are you? I'm good. Uh my uh upside would be Norris, McCann, Cassianos. I give a slight edge over Iglesias. I'm not sold on Iglesias, and I'm not too sure about ghosts. Um, but my call is about uh, Martinez Victor, Um Mr. Mr. Dixon, have you heard anything? How's he doing? Is he, well, he rehabbing well?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's, put it this way, there's a big smile on his face at Tiger, Tiger Fest because he knows he's healthy. He was not really healthy last year. He couldn't drive off that back. Left leg because of the left knee surgery that he had right before the season. I mean, it's you, you worry because it's happened twice in the last three or four years, uh, but right now everything's a go. That knee should be strong, and I can't wait to see what he does. Because How about Cabrera? and Cabrera looked as good as we've ever seen him, and I'm you know we've heard stories before where hey he's, he's lost weight. Look at him in the spring, and really uh, he hadn't lost to me. I mean, to the you're just kind of like well he looks kind of the same to me. This year he's lost weight, and I think it's because he's worked very hard. But there were pictures uh, at the Kickoff dinner on Friday night after, right before Tiger Fest, of him with a lot of players from uh, what is it? Uh, FC Barcelona? Yeah. Uh, including the uh, soccer Lionel team, Messi. And, and he, including Lionel Messi in the parking lot. And he, I mean, he's in a t shirt and, and pants, and he looks, I mean, very, the waist looks like he's lost 25 pounds easy. And I know he's worked very hard at it. So to me, that tells me this guy's in great shape. And I can't wait to see what he does because to me, he could be back to that 330, 35, 120 guy.
1: Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. Tyson, you're on Tiger Talk. At ninety seven one, the ticket. What's up?
3: Uh, not much. How about you guys? Hey,
1: good. Good.
3: Um, so I was just wondering, where does where do you guys think Daniel Norris will fit into the rotation? I think he might be like a potentially a two three guy. But what do you guys
2: think,
1: think for upside?
2: I would say definitely as high as two. Yeah, I don't know. Start the
1: year, he's going to be their fifth starter probably. Um, Just kind of the way uh, he's coming off a a health issue. Uh, He's younger. Um, I I saw a thing on um, uh, MLB Network in which they went over bounce-back players from last year, and they had Pelfrey as one of them. They were all talking about how great Pelfrey was, and the Tigers think that because they're paying him $9 million a year. So I think at the start of the season you'll see him be fifth, but I agree with Dan. Dan and I are on the same page on this one. I, I think Norris has a really good upside.
2: I don't mean there's no guarantees there. He'll be growing pains. He's 23. Right. This is his 23-year-old year season. I mean, they're going to be growing pains. I Man, we good. saw some really – I mean, he had back-to-back starts when he was coming off the DL in September where he retired, what, 26 out of 27 batters. Right. Remember, he was limited in his innings. But it was uh, – got to feel for what this guy might bring I, Here's to the bigger, rotation. Here's
1: a bigger question I'll tell his uh, I think he's going to be the fifth starter to start the year. As a matter of fact, I would almost bet the house on it. but by the end of the year where where is he going to be? Will he be there, you know? Will he I think he might be uh, considered their uh, number 3, maybe even number 2 if uh, Verlander and Zimmerman aren't at the top of their game. I think he's going to have a breakout year. I, I just have a feeling.
2: Yeah. I think he's good. And if he does that at 23, wow. Think, right. Think of what's ahead. But that's
1: about the age where top pitchers who kind of have his MO right. start to show what they have. He's experienced now. He's been through the minor league thing. He's uh been through some ups and downs, he's pitched in the major leagues, so he has an idea of what he has to do to be successful in the major leagues. Um, Dan, are we going to see umpires uh, no longer <laughs> behind home play? We'll talk about that next. We'd love to hear from you tonight. James McCann will join us at seven forty-five. Number those five guys who's got the uh, the top upside of the Tigers' young guns. 2-4-8-5-3-9-97-97. Is the phone number you're listening to? Tiger Talk and 97 won the ticket.
0: Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson on Tigers Radio. 97 the ticket.
2: There's a swing and a pop up. Channel left center goes charging in hard and he will not make the catch as Iglesias bails him out with another incredible. Over-the-head catch. He's a magician. Back well, to home to plate. He just sticks out his glove. How do you possibly find that ball?
1: Jose Iglesias a magician. Yeah, that's a good point. On Some of those plays that he makes that are pretty fancy.
2: That's not an over-the-shoulder. Over-the-head doesn't sound right to me, though, even though I said it. No. <laughs> but truly, over-the-shoulder, you're looking over his shoulder. I mean, this is a back-to-home plate, and somehow... He's just leaning back and finding that ball and swipes up with the glove, and the ball's – I mean, it's really amazing. Well,
1: some of the things he makes are they're absolutely <laughs> amazing. But, you know, here's the thing. He's a magician that way, but there's also times when he's a magician because he kind of disappears. <laughs> so what musician is actually going to be the long-term magician with Jose Iglesias? <laughs> I mean, he was good. an all-star the first half of the good. second half. before Before he got hurt, he just kind of disappeared. So – you know, and or you know, here's the thing: you want a solid shortstop. You don't want necessarily somebody. You who want that guy themselves. making the everyday play too.
2: You know? Yeah. But, so Omar Vizquel is uh, he's working on him, and I, I think that's that's an important relationship. And uh, hopefully, he's listening to a guy who one of the best shortstops ever defensively. Mm.
1: Yes, my opinion. You know, Hall of Famer.
2: Yeah, I agree with you.
1: Um, and uh, also uh, we talk about the best five of those. James McCann will join us at 7:45. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Oh uh, it's a great time of the year to talk baseball because it's just any time of the year. Uh we love baseball here, especially a Tiger talk. here are a ninety seven won the ticket. Nick, what's going on, buddy?
2: Hi. Oh hi. Hi Nick. Uh yeah, enjoying the show and uh <laughs> uh
1: definitely looking forward to spring training et cetera. But
2: uh I my uh thing I was thinking about was uh with Annabelle Sanchez. Have you uh you Either you uh
1: heard if his uh shoulder you know,
2: uh I guess
1: the uh what's that called that might have torn a little a little bit and that's why he was losing a
2: little of the velocity. Yeah, labrum. It wasn't, yeah, yeah. it wasn't a tear labrum. though. I think he just they just shut him down with a sore shoulder. Oh, okay, good. Well hey, I guess good. there can always be micro tears, but um it wasn't a oh, torn huh? labrum, the kind that, you know, requires surgery. So it was just okay. rehab and by all accounts he's he's good to go, and I think he's the key piece. In the Tigers' rotation this year, because if he's good, suddenly that rotation looks a whole lot deeper. and He doesn't have to be the ERA leader. He just has to be getting back to that guy that we saw even the year after he won the ERA title. But he has to make more starts. He has to make more starts. He's made 46 starts the last two years. Uh, Gotcha. You know, last year was weird.
1: Uh, It was a weird year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that he's always, except for that one year, that was kind of not uh, really indicative of his entire body of work the year he won the ERA. But he's always been a guy that didn't really give up a lot of home runs. And now, last year, that was the weird part. How many home runs he gave up? Because he's got a lot of sink on his fastball. That's kind of what his MO is. It's hard to lift the ball on him. And last year, they were lifting the ball on him. And again, I'm reading these analysis, referring to him as a fly ball pitcher now, Dan.
0: So, uh, you know, I think the key is, is he going to get
1: that bite on that fastball? Not so much his velocity. You know, is he going to have that bite on it? I don't know how to describe it, but it's a kind of a sinking action that throws a heavy ball. Last year, it seemed like a lighter ball, and they were lifting
2: it. Yeah, there were more balls hit in the air and way more going out. No, was, it was unbelievable. He was bound to give up more home runs because when you give up only four, which he did the year before, even though it was 126 innings, uh, that number was going to go up. And it did, but there's no way. As Jeff Jones said, it's one of the most puzzling seasons he's seen. Uh, he had the groin issue early in the year, but when he was healthy, and actually the stuff was very good some games, he said it was like every mistake was hit out of the ballpark. Right. Jeff Jones said he'd never seen anything quite like it, and then the shoulders shut him down in September. But Anibal Sanchez still has good stuff, and there's no reason he can't get back to being a very good pitcher for the Tigers.
1: Here's the thing about him. If you look at his track record, he's always been a three. And but I think right. people got that uh, – And somewhat inconsistent, kind of up and down, but equaling a three, a good solid three or four. 340
2: ERA, 350 ERA. The National League. Two and a half walks, eight strikeouts per nine. That's about where he's going to be.
1: And, uh, you know, the thing about him uh, last year, and the other thing I've never been able to explain about him, he's indicative of the modern major league starter. Six innings. It's unbelievable how much different his splits go when you get past the fifth inning. I mean, unbelievable. The year before, it was incredible, uh, talking about 2014. And it just seemed the second and third time they see him around the order.
2: Third time especially.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, well, the third time. Not second time, but the third time. Right. It's like they're sitting on something. And it doesn't look like, you know, you know Jim, you know, uh, Gibby, Rod Allen, these other guys that, you know, played Major League Baseball, he could address it a lot better. But there doesn't seem to be something – that's so easy to sit on. Right. You know, some pitchers, hey yeah, we got you.
2: Days where he'd be him.
1: dominating.
2: Yeah. And you'd think of course he should be on the mound here in the eighth inning and it would unravel. Or the seventh inning. A couple of years ago it was the seventh inning that was his big problem. Yeah. But you're right, it's it, it is a problem and it's kind of inexplicable given that the stuff still looks sharp deep into games.
1: 97, uh, two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven, what do you think? Now on the umpire thing. Uh, you know, I, I do. We do a lot of shows on a lot of different things. Uh, Dan Dennis, Fifty, and I—we work together a lot. And uh, a lot of shows I've done about the driverless cars. And to me, this is baseball's version of the driverless cars. Except I don't ever see the day when there's going to be driverless cars, uh, because I, I think there's just nobody can ever really answer the real questions I have about it. But with this, I think you're going to see it. The technology in baseball has improved to leaps and bounds. It's no longer numbers. It's actually more technology than numbers these days when you talk about analytics departments and all those different things. And one of the things is we have definitive strike zones now because of the camera technology that they have that presents. It's accurate. You don't need the damn umpire anymore. Now, the umpires are doing a real good job. Most of the time, the ball outside the box is called a ball. One that's in there is called a strike. But there are times when they miss them. Well, why do we even have to have the umpire behind home plate anymore? Why don't we change that and go with the technology instead of the umpire? Is that a ridiculous notion or something you believe in? Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven.
2: I go back and forth on this. It does seem almost inevitable because of what you talked about. the they're tracking pitches to within what millimeters, right? It's, of accuracy, they got the, they got the That's exact. They <laughs> I still would like to know the three dimensional aspect of that, but they they have, they have it down. I know that. So I keep thinking, we're probably going to have someday in the not-too-distant future, I don't know if that's five years or ten years, where the umpire will still be behind home plate, but he'll be looking at a green light or a red light or something, ball strike, and go up with the right hand or not, based on what the computer just told him to do. But you have to have an umpire at home plate for the plays at the plate, out yeah, there. Yeah, which
1: sir. you pointed out to me. <laughs> but, well, and I was he'd be then, sitting up in the press box or
2: something. Have, you know, have, and then enjoying I go, ice cream with me and Avila. <laughs> Avila. And then I, and then I think... I just can't picture, for as much as players might complain, I, I still think they like having that guy behind home plate calling balls and strikes. What's
1: Mickey going to do? Because Mickey always gives him the look. <laughs> we were talked about him in Tiger Fest. He talked about that.
2: Here's one thing to remember, and this, this puts me in the camp of inevitably, I think this, this will happen. More pitches in the strike zone are called balls than pitches out of the strike zone are called strikes. And it's about 2-1, to which is surprising. Every time I read that, I have to double-check it to make sure that I'm correct on that. So the best umpires are at the 88-89% level of correctly calling balls in the strike zone strikes. And I think that's mostly due to the high strike. They just don't give the high strike because basically players and managers will not let them. (laughs) And they learn that coming up from the minor leagues. And that's why the low strike has become the place where the strike zone has grown in recent years. Umpires, I think, do an amazing job. Think about it, Pat. They were told when Pitch FX came in, basically, hey, you've got to stop calling these pitches six, eight inches off the plate strikes. And they did. And you've got to get to the hollow of they the have, knee at the bottom. They
1: still miss some. Yeah. Al, you're on one. The Ticket Tiger Talk. What's up, Al? Hey, uh,
3: thanks for taking my call, Pat. Great show as always. And uh, i just like to agree with you on that technology. I mean... You know, I respectfully disagree that they do an amazing job. It's just that some of them have been in the game for so long. I mean, country Joe West, 36 years.
1: (laughs) I I knew Joe West. Angel Hernandez is another one, too. Angel
3: Hernandez. You go onto that site, baseballsavant.com, and you'll see a pie chart there, and almost 50% of the challenge calls were overturned. And and what does that tell you? They've got the closest seat
1: in the house, these guys. And they can't get it right. You know, and it's harder to get to the major leagues as an umpire than it is as a player. Coming up next, we'll talk to Tiger's catcher James McCann. Tiger Talk, 97-1 The Ticket.
0: Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson on Tiger's Radio. 97-1 The Ticket.
2: Fly ball to center field. Really deep. Schaefer's going back. Back some more out of the warning track. He's going to reach out. He's going to kick off the wall and hug the wall all the way into right center field. Into score comes Costeguano. They're Looking away. McCann around third. Throw from the outfield. is up the line. Inside the park home run. James McCann. First career home run. He has to circle the bases. Beat the throw. 7-7 tie in the sixth.
1: That was James McCann, the Tigers catcher inside the park home run. Great call by Dan Dickerson. And joining us now here on Tiger Talk at ninety-seven-one. the ticket is Tigers catcher James McCann. How are you doing, James? I'm doing well. How are you all doing today? Good. Good.
2: Thanks for joining us, James.
1: I would imagine that was uh, quite the, the highlight for you last year, <laughs> that uh, inside the park home run. Most people don't expect a catcher to do that.
2: I would have
3: bet quite a bit of money that my first career <laughs> home run would have not been inside the park. <laughs>
2: You had some memorable home runs last year, James. Uh, you had a couple of walk offs. You had the inside of the Parker kind of. As you got done with the season, and you look back at, at what you'd accomplished, going from making the team to being the number one guy to handling quite the workload. How'd you look at your season? Uh,
3: you know, yeah, on a personal level, it, it there, there were a lot of uh, memorable moments, a lot of uh, you know goals reached. But um, I'm always I've always been such a team guy. Um, that, that you know I want to be part of a winning organization I want to win I want to go to the playoffs I want to win a world series uh so at the end of the season it was you know back to the drawing boards time to time, time to find a way to to get even better and um you know give give the tigers a, the best chance possible to to get to the world series and win a title
1: uh how do you uh as a younger catcher uh deal with uh, veteran pitchers you've got some great ones here in Verlander Uh, now Zimmerman's coming in, Uh, Sanchez's been in the major leagues a long time, pretty much across the board now, Pelfrey. Uh, You're a younger catcher dealing with veteran pitchers. How do you uh, impose your advice uh, (laughs) as a younger catcher to veteran pitchers?
3: Well, to be honest with you, it it sometimes makes my job a little bit easier. Um, You know, a guy like Verlander knows exactly what he wants to do. You know, we sit down and and develop a game plan the, the day that he's throwing and um, you know, I, I just try and get on the same page as, as him. Um, you know, they, they've been around the league and they've had success and they know exactly what they want to do. And, and it's my job to, to find a way to get on their page and, you know, give give some advice here and there. And uh, over time, I, I've developed a relationship, a working relationship, where we can discuss, you know, what I'm seeing versus what they're seeing and, and develop uh, an ongoing game plan throughout throughout the game.
2: How did your experience from last year, James, how do you think that helps going into this year from the guy who's hoping to make the team to the guy who's now the number one guy uh, going into 2016? There is a new pitching coach in Rich Doobie, but just kind of describe how you feel and some of the things now you can do as the number one guy going into 2016 and the start of spring training just a few weeks away.
3: Well, there's definitely a comfort level. um, and, And by comfort, I mean, you know, I know I know the returning arms. Um, I've developed that relationship with with Verlander and Sanchez and Norris and, and Boyd and all these other arms that were that were thrown for us last year. So now it's just a uh, I got to get used to the new guys. Got to learn their their uh, arsenal and, and their strengths and their weaknesses. Um, but at the same time, uh, the the person I am and the way that I've I've gone about my career is that I've I've got to prove it each and every day. Um, so even though I, I may be listed as the number one on a depth chart, uh, you know, I work and I, I go out to, to prove that I deserved it to, to be, you know, the starting guy and, um, and you know, it, it's a business. So you don't perform, you don't play. And, and, uh, it's my job to go out and, and perform and, um, you know, develop into, into a leader that the, the catcher needs to be on the field.
1: Talking to James McCann, uh, Tigers catcher, uh, had our outstanding rookie year last year. um. James, uh, Alex Avila was a Tigers catcher for many years before you came in. Um, he's gone. Now you got got uh, Saltamachia. But, you know, looking at uh, certain things, what would you say, you know, you have to improve so that you're the guy? Um, you know, 120, 130 games, they put you behind the plate like the Royals do with uh, Perez and the you know the Giants do with uh, Posey, before, at least before he got hurt, uh, to become one of those guys that, you're in there every day
3: you know the the, the biggest thing for me is i I've, I've got to continue to uh to learn how to how to manage staff at, at a big league level um you know continue to to gain trust from from ausmus and um you know now the new pitching coach in town uh so that's a big a big thing is is becoming that game manager and 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 not being looked at and viewed as a, a rookie who's trying to learn the league as much as a a veteran has been around a few times in and and can handle himself Um, and and to be honest with you you know a a guy like Alex Avila he he helped me quite a bit uh, to understand that and a guy like him you know even though he it was was probably his second or third year when when people started referring to him more as a veteran than than as a young player and uh, that's that's the biggest thing is finding a way to you know my second or third year to not be viewed as a young guy still trying to find his way as much as a guy that has put in the time, uh, you know, doing scouting reports, watching video, that I can learn the league and be able to manage a game and and have that kind of trust, um, you know, from from the, the the coaching staff.
1: You know, it's interesting there. You talked all about defense and managing and pitching staff, and not about hitting. Uh, obviously, it's it's the key for you, and what they want you is receiver first, hitter second, right?
3: Absolutely, and that and that goes for. I mean, that's just the, the, the way the position is. Um, and that's kind of the way that I've I've always viewed it, is that any type of offense is, is icing on the cake. Um, I I can control the way that I play defense on, on a daily basis. I can control how well I prepare for a game. I can control uh, how I receive, how I block, how I throw. You can't control how you hit. The best hitter in, in the game is going to fail seven out of ten times, and, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And um, you know that that just doesn't happen on the defensive side. If you fail seven out of ten times as a catcher, <laughs> you're probably not going to be in the big leagues too long. Um, so offense will come, but defense is is where I pride my game, and defense is where I, I put you know most of my focus.
2: I know uh, you know we've learned so much, James, about the the value of a good receiver, how well a catcher catches the ball as Alex Avila likes to say presents the ball to the umpire i know that he began to work with you more and more as the season went on i had a nice conversation with him in Kansas City in september about the work he was doing with you can you just describe for fans the kinds of things that he helped you learn about how to become a better receiver so that you get more strikes for your pitchers
3: right well the first and foremost is um you know different things that 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 you only learn uh you know through experience um, so just, just little tricks that you can do in the way you present a, a ball or little tricks that you can do, uh, you know, before the pitch to, to, you know, maybe change the, the eye level of the umpire, whether you're, you're setting up on a corner a little bit more or a little bit off the plate. Um, and, and that's things that, that he learned over time that, you know, he, he told me time and time again, that he didn't know the stuff that he was talking about when, you know, his first couple of years in the big leagues and it was veteran guys that, that talked to him and, you know, him getting that experience that he, he was able to, to, to figure out how to do some of that stuff. Um, but yeah, it was just a, it's just a process. Um, you know, the umpires are, are, are different in, in the big leagues. Um, they see different things that, that you've never had before, you yeah. know, whether it was in a college or, or minor. So, um, you know, some of this, you know, a, a guy that's been umpiring for, for many years, you know, you, you got, you know, you can't keep tricking, tricking him over <laughs> and over. He's going to figure something out. And, uh, that's kind of kind of what what he he was talking about with me was was different different ways to to steal a call here and there.
1: Uh, James, one of the things we were talking about is the um, pitch FX technology, uh, you know, the three dimensional cameras and the strike zone. Uh, do you envision a day? Heck, you're 26 years old. You play in the major leagues, and the umpire is not the one who's making the home play call. Or do you think it'll always be this way? You know,
3: I I don't know um, I, I don't know where where most guys stand on it. It's a it's a topic that every time it comes up, it's kind of like you know people don't want to admit that that we're as close to that as, as we possibly could be. Um, you know, in all reality, I, I'm sure that they have the technology in, in in today's world to do that. But at the same time, you know the the game's part human error has been part of the game for how many years, and, and how does that change the history of the game? So You know, I'm kind of an old-school guy. Um, As much as I'd love to have a perfect strike zone every time and perfect safe and out calls every time, you know, human error has been part of the game, and sometimes you come out on on the good side and sometimes you come out on the bad side, and, you know, that's just the beauty of the game.
1: James, uh, we enjoyed talking to you. Good luck uh, in the coming season, and uh, uh, we'll see how it all goes.
3: All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate you all having me on.
2: James, thanks a lot. We'll see you in a couple weeks.
3: All
1: right, take care. That's uh James McCann, the Tigers catcher. Uh, you know what? Uh be interested to see what happens. I think there's two things there. Um, one you mentioned the pitch framing and all that. Uh, still very important before we get the uh the computer umpires. And uh <laughs> the other factor is uh hitting uh right-handed right handed uh, pitching. three hundred uh separation, uh both the minor leagues in two thousand fourteen and the major leagues last year, is OPS. It's right-handers and left-handers. It's a pretty big uh, differential. He hits lefties a lot better.
2: Yeah. He was over 700 in the minor leagues the last two years he was there. It wasn't as good as lefties. You're right. But at least, I mean, he has shown that he can hit righties at at the level you need him to be at if he's going to torch lefties.
1: Well, he torches lefties. Right. I mean, the separation is 300 points. Right. That's amazing. So we'll see. And it might be a fairly small sample size, especially with lefties. But, I mean, I'm sure the kid grew up here. Hitting against right-handed pitching all the time, but it is an amazing thing. So, I think that'll determine whether he catches 120 games. In, in addition to improving uh, defensively, but anyway, Dan enjoyed it. Always uh, a quick hour. Always enjoy it, Pat. Coming up next, one broadcasting legend to another, <laughs> from Dan Dickerson to Kenny Cow, from Double D to Double K. That's coming up next inside Hockey Town here on ninety-seven-one. The ticket.